the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 81 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the increasing threat to redefine and or intentionally subvert children's rights. That's right, George. You know, children's rights and parents' rights, of course, go hand in hand. But public school policies are increasingly challenging parental rights and making children, in effect, wards of the state. Uh, You know, George, we have to learn how to defend the rights of children and to equip ourselves on exactly how to do it. So we're going to be talking today about a very important book published on this topic and that we highly recommend uh, for parents to read, and that book is entitled Them Before Us. It's a book authored by uh, Katie Faust and her organization, which bears the same name, Them Before Us. But George, before we get too far into this discussion, we have a couple disclaimers, don't we? Definitely. And and these disclaimers, Mark, I, I, I love the, the eloquent way in which Katie um, has verbalized them. Um, and so I, I am taking this from her because I, th- I think it needs to be said. I agree. Um, so number one is that we do not disparage members of the LGBT community or the kids they are raising. Uh, this is not a commentary on whether or not gay and lesbians are capable parents. Uh, one sexual attractions do not determine their capacity for child rearing. However, a lesbian can be an exceptional mother. She just cannot be a father. And a gay man can be a fantastic father. However, he cannot, no matter how nurturing, be a mother. Children require and desire both a mother and a father. And disclaimer number two is that we acknowledge the obvious. Children who grow up outside of a married mother-father home are certainly not doomed. Conversely, a child raised by their married mother and father isn't guaranteed by any means a trouble-free life. On the other hand, the research tells us that when children are raised by their married biological mother and father, The deck is stacked in their favor when it comes to their physical, emotional, and psychological health. And for these raised outside of a married mother-father home, whatever the household makeup may be, 
the kids are disadvantaged statistically, George. That's just the data. It's borne out. It's the raw data, and we have known this for decades, um, but it has never been articulated so clearly um, as what Katie Faust has done in her book, Them Before Us. So parents, as you listen to this episode of Say What?, uh, we highly recommend that you go and you find her book. Um, it, it's on audio as well, so you can get it from Audible. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's on her own website. Um, but a, a really game changer in helping us equip ourselves with the right way to articulate what a child's right is. Because, Mark, for the last you know four or five years, you and I have been dealing with this, and over and over we hear in you know, public school board meetings, um, on Planned Parenthood's website, uh, on leftist groups that, you know, children's have rights, um, in the sexual rights declaration that Planned Parenthood put out, uh, they basically say that a person, no matter what age, has a right, like a human right to comprehensive sexuality education. Yeah. And so you start to think like, whoa, 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 wait up. We are, we are taking away children's rights by not giving them CSE or by not teaching them about critical race theory or by not giving them social emotional learning, the triple threats that we, we always talk about. And I started asking myself, wait up. This is completely wrong. They are retooling, redefining what a right is and how it's being applied to children. Yeah, I mean, the truth is that children do have rights. In fact, those rights are much deeper than what um, our opponents on the progressive left actually think. And, George, before we get into too far of this discussion, uh, talking about data, the data show actually a couple of things, don't they? And maybe we should talk about that, particularly with regard to gender. Yes. So there's two things out of all the data that she presents in her books that in her book that I thought was very important for people to know. Number one is that gender matters. Mm. So men and women parent in complementary ways, bringing distinct benefits to their children. So when one gender is missing, in particular fathers, and we're seeing this across the data spectrum, we see almost predictable patterns arising in children. And that specifically means early sexual behavior among girls and problems with the law for boys. Uh, this should not be a surprise to anybody. I mean, this is a law of human nature, which we're gonna, which we're also going to discuss. But, uh, so what most people view as just common sense, they should know that the data bears this out as well. And this is the frustrating part for me, Mark, because you've dealt this with this in your professional life, right? When you make a claim, an opponent automatically says, well, where's, where's the, the study? Yeah. Where's the proof, yeah. right? Yeah. Show a study. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we've known this for millennia, and now we have to study this. So here's the second data point. So not only does gender matter, but biology matters. So we know from decades of research on the impact of divorce and cohabitation that biological parents tend to be the safest, most invested, and most permanent in a child's life which in contrast, non-biological caregivers tend to be more transitory, invest less time and resources, and that they are more dangerous to children living under their care, specifically more dangerous to girls. Yeah, and this, this is really an unfortunate fact, but it happens to be true. And we, we need to point out here that we want to um, 
make sure that people understand that adoptive parenthood is also a, a wonderful option um, for parents that find themselves, biological parents that find themselves in the situation where they cannot raise the, the child themselves. Um, adoption is also a, a mother, father, uh, a, a, adoptive family can be a wonderful result for children as well. Yeah. But again, uh, biological parents is the first choice. Yeah. By, by far, the data shows that it is absolutely the best. And it's been widely acknowledged within the psychological community that children suffer trauma and thus negative effects when they lose one or both parents, be it to divorce, abandonment, death, or third-party reproduction. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into some of that, that discussion later. But here's how, how Katie Faust articulates, you know, this argument about children having a natural right to their mother and a father. So we mentioned early on, Mark, you mentioned in, in the introduction that really parents' rights and children' rights go hand in hand. So if biological parents have a right to that child that they just gave birth to in the hospital, right? And we remember how strict security is in the maternity ward in the hospital, right? Why? Because you want to go home with your own child and not somebody else's child. Well, the opposite is true. That child has a right to go home with not just any parent or any adult in that maternity ward. That child has a natural right to go home with his or her biological parents. So, First, let's understand the difference between natural rights versus legal rights. And we've covered this maybe like way back in some of our early episodes. Um, but natural rights are those that are not dependent on the laws or customs of any particular culture, while legal rights are those bestowed onto a person given by a given legal system. So justice is served when legal rights are informed by natural rights. In fact, George, when I was in law school, I remember a particular professor of mine saying that the law is really the way the world works, right? Mm. That they should be informed by what we see in nature. And natural rights, of course, go back to Plato and, and Aristotle and Socrates, but natural rights were really articulated by <coughs> Thomas Aquinas, of course, the, the famous Catholic theologian, and they have been understood uh, to be at play since time immemorial, since the beginning of, of human creation. And exactly right, Mark. So here we have three rules that make a right a right, a natural right. So number one, a natural right exists pre-government. Number two, no one has to provide you with a natural right. And number three, a natural right is distributed equally. No one is born with a greater or lesser potential to exercise these rights. Mm. So, so let's see how each of these three apply to children's rights um, to have a natural right to their parents. So we mentioned that a natural right exists pre-government. Well, number one, the parent-child relationship existed before any government. It is pre, it's as pre-government as possible. <laughs> because if you can go back whichever way you think, creation or evolution, right? That very first human being that ended up evolving or Adam and Eve, right? They had their first child. 
That was before any kind of government system. George, you mean procreation came before government? Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, and number two, that, nobody provides children with their biological parents. If a child exists, so do his or her mother and father. The last time I checked, George, it still requires a mom and dad to produce a child. Exactly. Um, and, and this one, I mean, this is how fundamental we have to get with our articulation of children's rights, because most people cannot even think in these terms. And number three, Everyone has the same quantity of mother and father. Mm. We all get exactly two biological, no more and no less. Yeah. I mean, you can't have three people or ten people make a child. No. You can't. Nope. It's a limited it's to always, two. It's always two. And by the way, George, they're of the opposite gender. Yes. The opposite sex. <laughs> I don't care how you define it. One is biologically a male. The other is biologically a female. So a child's legal right to their parents may vary the natural right children have to both their mother and father do not vary. It's indisputable. And this is the strong point that Katie Faust makes in her book. Exactly. And so these are the three points that we really want to um, have parents understand and to articulate. Uh, In fact, parents, we also highly recommend a, a very short speech that Katie Faust recently delivered. It's called, This is a Child. This is a Child. And it's on YouTube. Just Google it. The YouTube version is going to come up. It, it's just under 15 minutes. Mark, I would say it's probably one of the most powerful speeches, short speeches that I've heard in a very, very long time. And that our, our generation really needs to, to hear this. Um, because ultimately what, what she's most concerned about is that we have, uh, really missed the point over many decades now as Christians, uh, because Christianity is really at the root of, of Western civilization and really parent rights, children's rights, all these rights that we have, um, we have expressed in the Western tradition, Western civilization tradition, mm-hmm. they stem out of the Judeo-Christian worldview, um, pre, you know, USA, pre-Western civilization. All of these rights were never understood, were never respected. Um, I mean, children, you go way back to the Middle Ages, go back under the Romans, under the Greeks, under any kind of civilization. They, they never had this understanding of rights. Um, and so, the reason why it's so important today is because we see an attack, especially on marriage, right? Marriage is trying to be redefined. We see that in Congress right now that it's happening. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the Respect for Marriage Act, as it's euphemistically called. And yet the entire focus is on what? The euphemism of, well, love is love, right? And nobody looks at that, that if you believe that love is love and you take that to the nth degree, that means any kind of relationship is possible. And in fact, the New York Post just recently uh, put out an article about polygamy. That's, you know, being considered, um, you know, because, well, three or four people, hey, love is love. And back in 2015, when Obergefell got decided by the Supreme Court, 
you know, th- that the New York Times had this big article saying, no, polygamy is not next, you know, trying to disparage everybody who basically said, well, if you don't allow this to be defined just by two consenting adults of opposite biological sex, um, then then it can mean whatever it wants to mean, right? Whatever a person wants to mean. I remember that argument going all the way back to California's war in 2008 about what the meaning of marriage was. So you're right, George, uh, you know, that this this saying, love is love, and, and that's sort of the standard for defining human relationships and childbearing. It's really a formula for chaos, because now the argument is going beyond polygamy. It's going to polyamory, so group marriages. Yeah. And we think, well, that, that's really extreme. That'll never happen. But those conversations are happening now all over the country. And obviously, this has terrible consequences for children. And so this is the consequence here. Children's rights are being sacrificed at the altar of adult desires. Because no matter how much an, an adult, a gay couple, um, even, uh, even parents who cannot have children, right? No matter how much they want that, right? Yeah. The truth is, is that as adults, we have to put our desires second because our desires are not natural rights. But children's rights are natural rights. Yeah. And every child deserves their biological parents, has a right, not just deserves, but has a natural right to their biological parents. And so, you know, gay marriage is an, is basically an affront to that. It, it's basically violating a child's natural right. And so, um, the whole arguments, the whole argument and all of the arguments that have been presented up until now, the left does a great job of controlling the narrative. And they've taken us down that path without us really thinking through it clearly to know how to respond and how to get out of, you know, their little vortex of arguments and bring it back to where the conversation should have been in the first place. And this is the opportunity that we have right now to, to correct our 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 counter arguments against the left. I agree, George. You know, part of this has been the commodification of children yes. in society. They're, they're all seen as sort of trading blocks, you know, going from, from one parent to another um, or not really having any legal relationship between the parents. I mean, this, the, the data on marriage itself is incredibly discouraging in this country. The divorce rate has been hovering around 50% for decades now and it's not getting any better. Of course, children are the victims to this. So George, how can we articulate better uh, children's rights? Well, to, for me, I think it's number one, um, read her book, listen to her speeches, see how these three things, the parent-child relationship existed before government. Nobody provides children with, um, nobody provides children with their biological parents. If a child exists, they automatically means they have biological parents and it's just two. Um, and that everyone has the same quantity and then really looking at, well, what, what about the opposite way? What does that mean to the infringement of child rights? So for example, um, the, the, the two big industries out there that are violating a child's rights right now are big abortion and it's also big reproduction. Mm. Um, because abortion uh, on the one hand 
pro-abortion is they measure success by whether the adults are satisfied with the outcome of the abortion, which means you disregard a child's right to life. On the other hand, you know, big fertility, big reproduction, they measure success by whether adults are satisfied with their child product and disregard their child's right to their biological father Seems and biological mother. Seems a contradiction mother. there. A very big contradiction. So, you know, if you look at an abortion, abortion supporters believe that if a child is unwanted, you can force her out of existence. Yeah. Kill her. Kill that child. Whereas big fertility believes that if a child is very wanted, you can force that child into existence, mm. regardless of that child's natural rights to their biological parents. So over and over, th- these are the kind of um, ways that Katie Faust does a masterful job of articulating. Um, she points out that, look, the United Nations has actually enshrined children's rights way back in 1989. We just don't hear about it. The other side doesn't talk about it, and they don't talk about it in these terms. And I think one of the most uh, clever things that she also does is that she redefines children's rights as the greatest social justice issue of our time. It's hard to dispute that, and she makes the strong appeal for adults to do the hard things that children cannot do for themselves. So why is this the biggest social justice issue of our time. Why? Because 90% of homeless and runaway youth are fatherless. Because 70 to 85% of prison inmates grew up without a father. Mm. Because 63% of teenagers who commit suicide have absent fathers. Because 71% of pregnant teenagers come from fatherless homes. Because 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. So when you look at the way that the social justice movement you know, picks and cherry picks the the causes that they care about. Why not this? Why not this big issue? I mean, they look at any kind of disparity and they're like, oh, it's racism if there's a disparity, right? And Thomas Sowell has a great book on disparity and discrimination and, and if that really, uh, you know, corroborates. But in this case, the data definitely corroborates that these disparities are real and they have devastating effects on our children because we are, as adults, violating children's rights. And so it goes back to what you just said, Mark. Adults need to do the hard things so that children don't have to. We have to put our desires second place, a distant second place, to children's rights. I couldn't agree more, George, and that was very well stated. Thank you for doing the research on this. And again, parents, we highly recommend that you pick up Katie Faust's book and uh, take the time to read that. What an important topic that's been presented this morning. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, but we want to remind you to, uh, if you like these broadcasts, please visit our website, protectourkidsnow.org. Um, you can download and share the many brochures that we have on, uh, on these topics and children's rights. Uh, watch and share our many videos that are available on our website and our YouTube page. Um, you can also download our How to Start a Private School Guide and 
share that with your pastors um, and uh, elders in your local church. Uh, George and I are also available for speaking engagements, and you can uh, take advantage of that that by just uh, pressing the button on our website, and uh, we will be happy to get informed uh, with you. And also, um, obviously, it takes resources and money to uh, fund these broadcasts and efforts. So, if uh, if you if you feel the 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 urge, please uh, feel free to, to donate to this ministry. Well, George, thank you very much for doing the research on this topic, and we look forward to seeing everybody next week on Say What. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.